Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, and welcome to the Crown Jewel Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Phil Chambers of What Culture to discuss everything that just happened at the Crown Jewel 2021 pay-per-view. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Phil Chambers to review Crown Jewel and uh, giving all the caveats that we know we should. <laughs> was this the best Saudi WWE show ever? You know what? I think it was. Like, top to bottom, it was sort apart from one glaring thing with the Queen of the Wing, Queen, Queen's Crown, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, I put about as much effort into that sentence as they put into yep. booking the entire tournament. Um, so apart from that, everything else was really, really solid, good, clean finishes. It was, yeah, it was just a solid, solid show. Main event aside, because that was that sort of big four yeah, worthy, yeah. I think it's fair to say that this wouldn't have, these matches wouldn't have felt out of place on sort of a B-level pay-per-view. Yeah. And they were, as we said, wrapping it up on the stream, they were executed better than they would have been on a B-level pay-per-view. There would have been far more shenanigans or screw finishes than we got here. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, this is, I don't know, there's got to be someone with the stats out there that can actually figure this out properly, but it's got to be one of the cleanest WWE shows <laughs> in a long, long time, which is crazy, given that it was in Saudi Arabia. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we should give all the caveats here of sports washing and, and all yeah. the issues that come with these Saudi shows, but at the end of the day, it is our job to review it, and if you can, and I know some people can't, and I think that's absolutely fair enough, but if you can put all of that to one side... This is one of the better WWE pay-per-views of the year. Yeah, um, absolutely. Although and, and of be. course, like with all of the other massive caveats of sports watching and the home, like, ooh, look, propaganda, et cetera, et cetera, yes. et cetera. Like the, the normies of the Saudi Arabian people in the crowd look like they were having a great time. Exactly, <laughs> yes. And, you know, it, it, I suppose in theory, the thing is this should be, you look at this card, I mean, you've got a triple threat match for the SmackDown Women's Championship with bloody Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and Becky Lynch. And yeah, it should be a great, but we've been... Had our fingers burned with this so often, <laughs> whether it be a Saudi show or not, and the spectacle of you know Saudi Arabia often overshadows it. But yeah, I thought you know they didn't just go all right, get on with it, you know, get on the women's matches or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they actually got time. They got like twenty minutes. Do up and <laughs> yeah, 
they got the 20 minutes, but then that's the crown jewel, uh, the Queen's Crown tournament all over, basically, isn't it? Anyway, let's start yeah. at the beginning of the show, and we'll run through it and uh, and get through it all. Uh, the Usos beat the Hurt Business on the kickoff in a match that wouldn't have felt out of place on Raw, yep. except for the fact, the fact that there was no real defined babyfaces or heels for me. Yeah, doesn't matter, we're not going to talk about it. Anyway, let's talk <laughs> about the first match, though. It was hell in a cell. Edge versus Seth Rollins, the end of their trilogy, the blow-off match to their feud. And it was slightly long, but I thought it delivered. Yeah, I don't think we were expecting a match of this length on this kind of pay-per-view. Like, nope. normally when you go into these things, like, you look, solid three hours, look at, there's, like, nine matches to get through. They're going to be quite quick rattling these off. But it turned out to be the four-hour show. They gave this, like, about almost half an hour or yeah. something. Um, so they gave it a lot of time. But as a solid, like, blow-off to this feud, I, I think it was a really, really good match. And credit to them, like you say, in terms of, we saw how much the likes of, Bobby Lashley, Goldberg, Biggie, etc., were just dripping right, with yeah. sweat. Going 30 minutes in, well, we Googled it, didn't we? Like 31 degree heat yeah. this match. Yeah, absolutely. Was, is a hell of an achievement. And they weren't exactly going slow for it either. They like were chucking everything at mm. each other throughout all of this. And it felt like it felt like a, a blood feud, a, a satisfying yeah, end to a blood feud. And right from the very like get-go, like they were gunning for each other, especially Edge. And like some of the Spots in it were absolutely fantastic. Obviously, there was all the usual sort of chair stuff and table stuff. And um, Seth Rollins put a table on the outside. And it's genuinely one of my favorite table spots ever, yeah. I think, yeah. where he was like on the top rope and he was about to jump onto Edge. He was inside the ring. But Edge kind of got up and pushed him off the top of the rope to the outside. But Seth like bounced off the Hell in a Cell <laughs> cage and then went down into the table. And I like, had never seen something like that before. And it just looked so great. It was, like, so it was horrible. But it was so good yeah. at the same time. Uh, so really creative spots, like using the cell to their advantage, using the sort of weapons and things like that as well to like inform the blood feud. For what, 20 minutes in when they executed the, I forget what it's called now, the Seth Rollins flips over Edge and, and nails him through the table. Yeah. Surprisingly well executed for two guys. Amazingly well executed. Probably gassed by that point. Um, but then it rolls on to the end finish and then it kind of, Got a bit slower towards the end, I'd say. Uh, With like Seth the last... wrapping a chain around his foot. Yeah, like the last four or five minutes probably could have been tightened up a little bit. But I thought, I, you know what, I, I'm going to give him that in terms of, I thought it just made you have flashbacks to the MSG match in terms of yeah. Seth is kicking Edge repeatedly in the face. We know he's targeting the neck. He's going to go for the curb stomp or whatever it may be or a concerto or whatever he wants to do. Including, I mean, he did. He kicked him in the face with the chain. I mean, I was going to say he, he did, and they played a slow mo of it as well. Oh. And he did not pull that kick. <laughs> and uh, Edge eventually, though, fights back uh, as it looks like he's going to get his head stomped on a chair and neck probably shattered into a million pieces. He fights back. Uh, he gets Seth in that submission where not only is he pulling back at him, cross facing him, he's using well, he was using a chain, and then he decided to use a like a wrench or a spanner. Yeah, Seth was like rooting through his toolbox, obviously. He had to get a toolbox in there somewhere. Horrible flashbacks. And so it looked like he was about to get something to hit Edge and I kind of grabbed it off him and used that instead. And then he let it go and we were like, what? (laughs) Why have you let it go? He was literally about to tap and then he went, no, I'm going to curb stomp him on a chair, which was, yeah, a satisfying conclusion, I thought, to their feud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Really good. Like using each other's moves again as well, which would seem to be a little theme tonight. Like Seth Rollins... What, he used the unprettier, didn't yeah. he? It wasn't yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. the Edge's move. And then later on, like... Uh, they call it Edge's move because they come straight Yeah, that's though. true. And then later on, like, Drew McIntyre was trying to do the big ending and things. I'd like it when people do that. Yeah, very nice. Uh, hometown victory next, unsurprisingly. Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Um, 
uh, the most obvious result on the card. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but like we said, uh, Mansoor you know, is often put out there with your Dolph Ziggler's, your Cesaro's, to just have a good match and pop the crowd. And he did it again here. I thought this was one of his best performances in Saudi Arabia. It is what it is with this sort of thing. But uh, Mustafa Ali, uh, I feel like I say this every time I talk about him, deserves so much better. He played the perfect heel in all this. And uh, yeah, as he went for a big flippy thing at the end, a man saw dives to the outside, ducks underneath the ropes, and hits what can only be described as sort of a neck brazier version of uh, Johnny Gargano's finisher. And then it was all about the post match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we have the name yet? We didn't have it for I'll what Google went down. We should sure. probably get the name. Um, because obviously uh, Mansoor was celebrating at the end of it, uh, big hometown victory, and then Ali started to beat him down. Boo, you dastardly heel, you boo. Uh, but as he was beating down Mansoor, like we were saying it ourselves, like who the hell's going to come out? And we thought it was going to be one of the big giant guys that they unveiled at one of the side shows a while ago. But nope, a uh, guy came out and he had his face covered. Walked really slowly down to the ring. <laughs> he took his sweet ass time. We were like, they better recognize him when he takes <laughs> like, this thing off. Who the hell is this guy? And then he kind of started like unwrapping his head. And you could see he had like a cut on his eyebrows. So mm-hmm. I thought it might be some kind of MMA guy. But no, he finally took it off. The crowd popped for it. And we still had no idea who it was. But it turns out... It Good was, commentary. They, they explained it literally immediately. They did explain it immediately. It was the Saudi Arabian silver Olympic gold medalist in karate. Mm, uh, sure Tarek Hamadi, Olympic go. silver medalist in karate, yeah. And uh, Mustafa Ali, after you went, ooh, brilliant, a bit of a self from him of like, who the hell's this guy? And then they really who it is. And he's like, ooh, big <laughs> whoop. Goes to run at him, kicked in the head, KO'd, celebrates with Mansoor. Lovely hometown pop. They should do more of them, as they you said. should, isn't it? It's good when they work out like that, isn't it? Uh, right, let's talk about the highlight of this goddamn show for you and I. <laughs> it was a match where we were like, oh, yeah, well, this is going to be a you know raw match all over. This is going to be RK Bro versus Styles and Omos, and they're not going to put the titles back on Styles and Omos, so how are they going to make people interested in it? Yeah. I'll tell you how. Riddle is going to come out on a fucking camel. <laughs> Uh, throughout the whole show there was three camels down at the front and like right at the very beginning of the show all the pyro was going off and these people were just trying to hold these camels back like the poor guys they, must have had they no saw what, what the hell was going with, on with Pharaoh and the horse <laughs> yeah. and went let's terrify some more animals <laughs> so they were there and we were desperate for someone to come out on a camel we were pitching Big E or something or Xavier Woods even mm-hmm. to yeah. come out for his King of the Ring thing anything or to ride off into the sunset on his, on his camel when he wins King of the Ring but no, here it was, RKO, RK bro, come out together. And then Riddle kind of turns around and Randy's like, what the hell are you doing? And then like a minute later or whatever, he comes out and he's <laughs> riding the bloody camel. And then there's a bro chant going on. I loved it. The show peaked. The show absolutely peaked. I mean, I, uh, we didn't actually <laughs> mention this in what went down. How over was Riddle's, uh, was Randy Orton's basic oh God, moves? Yeah. Randy Orton was so over. He was just doing... He was doing the whole thing with the boots and the laces where he just grinds the face on the laces of the boots. And he was getting huge, huge pop oh, from it. Oh, yes. Like, he could do absolutely nothing apart from walk around and just go, eh, kick. And the crowd would go absolutely mental for it. Don't know what's going on over there, but they are big Randy Orton Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I don't get it. Uh, I remember uh, my sister-in-law said to me once, she bought me that grey rock T-shirt. That yeah, yeah. 
She said, yeah, it was between that and a Randy Orton one. I was like, why would you get me a Randy Orton one? <laughs> oh, he's quite popular. Is he? Is he, though? He is in Saudi Arabia. He's massive Jeez. Saudi Arabia. So they were loving all that. And the finish was something I think we predicted on the preview with me and Hamlet actually, uh, which was, yeah, uh, almost got, I think, taken out by the camel. We didn't see why. He was fine with <laughs> Riddle. Then he just wasn't there anymore. So I assumed the camel came and took him out. Um, <laughs> but what actually happened was AJ Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm, straight into an RKO. The roof comes off the goddamn place. <laughs> Yep. Tags Riddle, <laughs> floating bro, one, two, three, another title retention, which was probably expected. Yeah, like the the whole match was kind of paint by numbers in what you would expect like those four to do mm. in a match. It was like, it definitely could have been a raw match, but it was also at the same time, like a really solid, it was just a good wrestling match. <laughs> I, I, honestly, there's like some spots that will live with me forever. Like <laughs> I really, by the way, I really like that rolling spot you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And then there's like a different section. You know, like this celebrity wing of the WWE's Hall of Fame, where yeah. you're like, that's all a bit random. <laughs> so in there now is, <laughs> is Pat McAfee, just generally. Of course. Because yeah. I love him. Io Shirai jumping off the top of a cage with a bin on her head. Yeah. And Riddle coming out wearing a camel. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be more that's going to be added Fair. to that wing. But Boogs. Yeah. Boogs in Nakamura for no apparent reason. Boogs. Boogs just be like... <laughs> Okay. Uh, right, let's move on and talk about the Queen's Crown Tournament final. It was a doodrap versus Zelina Vega, and it didn't go the way I expected. No, um, Zelina Vega got the victory at the end. I mean, the sunset flip, a sunset flip power bomb. The doodrap threw herself into it as well. He got some actual airtime in that. I was very impressed, and she was teasing she went for it, it earlier. And I went, no chance she's hitting yeah, that ever. <laughs> she was teasing it all the way through. It was fine. The match. What can you expect? They gave it like five minutes. It was, You're getting double time was, than what you normally get. <laughs> by far the longest Queen's Crown match, but that isn't saying a lot. Nope. And yeah, they, I don't know, put as much effort into booking this as they did buying a camel for Riddle. Oh, that's probably <laughs> even more effort, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It was fine. Do drop loss. Something Selena nice Vega for Selena Vega. Yeah, she went 0-9 when she first came back, and like we were desperate for them to give something to her, especially when the circumstances over how she left... And then as she came back again, it's like, oh, maybe this is like a new start for her because she wasn't exactly getting on a massive winning streak before she left. And then they went straight into a massive losing streak. And then Money in the Bank came and Money in the Bank went. And they, there was seemingly no hope there for Selena Vega. So at least she's got something here with the Queen Vega, I guess they're going to go with. Mm. And she was doing the little Queen's wave thing. So, you know, she's going to go full on board with this Queen thing. So which is. It could be terrible. Gives us something. Good. Yeah. It's at least something. And let's use this as a little bit of a springboard for her to actually move her up the card a bit and get her into some decent spots because it's not been good going. Maybe the winners of both tournaments should get a title shot. Maybe that's what was the rule initially. Maybe. And why on earth did you ever change yeah, it? Would have made sense. Yeah. Happy for Zelina Vega. Doodrap, uh, I'd be more disappointed if her name wasn't Doodrap. Yeah. So, yeah, let's maybe have a go. Maybe the reason why I lost, because I got a crap name. <laughs> yeah, and at least it wasn't even really distracting her or some bollocks anyway. Yeah. Uh, right, no holds barred. Falls count anywhere. Anything goes. Goldberg's going to kill you, match came next. Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley's, of course, looking for revenge for what Bobby Lashley did to his family. This went better than expected. <laughs> Much better than expected and probably longer than expected. I mean, I think it was still only like 11 minutes or something, but yeah. still longer than expected. Double figures. Double figures, baby, for Goldberg is not bad. And 
He was dripping, wasn't he? He was absolutely dripping. He didn't headbutt anything on the way out. He did headbutt the ring post when he did that thing where he <laughs> dived into the corner and, you know, Bobby's going to move out the way. And then he just really can't take that bump. I don't know what it is with Goldberg and taking that shoulder block into the oh. ring post bump, but he can't do it. So he busted his head open just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, not too much. Yeah, you want um, to see a little bit of the old Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, but he actually got Bobby Lashley up into the air for the jackhammer mm-hmm. and got him down again safely, Ish. which is yeah, which is the important bit of that, I guess. <laughs> he got him up and he got him back down again. And, yeah, it was a Goldberg match. They beat each other up quite a lot. Um, the finish, I mean, it got turned into a Falls Count Anywhere match on the pre-show for some reason, Apparently. even though it was already a no-holds-barred match. Probably should have thought about that beforehand, but probably. Still. But they had the finish that they wanted to do, so they battled off down the uh, down the rampway, and then just as you think Goldberg's got it all sorted out, oh, out comes the hurt business, oh, and they you. have kendo sticks, and then they go and beat up Goldberg, and nope, nope, none of that happened. Two bumps, none of that. They took two bumps. They ran straight in. They didn't hit him with the kendo stick, <laughs> and then he got one of their kendo sticks, hit Bobby Lashley with it because Bobby Lashley came in like I'm gonna hit you, and then. Never hit him, just held the kendo stick in the air for a bit. Bobby, so Goldberg hit him with the kendo stick, broke the kendo stick on his own knee and threw it away for some reason. At the camels. At the camels, towards the camels, yeah, poor camels. Uh, and then he ran at him and did a spear off the sort of uh, rampway. They fell quite, like surprisingly far down to like three tables that were probably had some padding at the bottom. But still, that was like a big drop. You uh, you might take the think this is an easy answer, but I, I the more of you talking there and I was thinking about it, I don't know what the answer to this question is. Who took the worst bump here, right? <laughs> Your immediate thing, or the best bump to take, you might think, Sean Benjamin. Yeah. But he just took a square kick to the chest from Goldberg where he doesn't work like... I mean, he was snug. Ask Bret Hart what his yeah. kicks are like. He was working snug. <laughs> Cedric Alexander, who just got flipped onto a very unforgiving yep. ramp, or Bobby Lashley, who just got speared... Like, like you say, oh, oh, it's people who say, oh, it's padded. Oh, it's all you're doing is falling onto tables. You tried falling onto your tables then. <laughs> yeah, from that height as well. Uh, who's like, the worst bump there? You know, like, I'm almost feeling for Goldberg in that bump as well, <laughs> like, to yeah. be honest with you. I mean, the Cedric Alexander bump looked horrible because it was, that was just solid, solid ramp that he had to take that on. Like, it's got a tiny bit of material on it. Yeah, like, like a carpet. That's it. That's your. That's like us on this floor. And he had already wrestled everyone in that and taken the, the <laughs> de- decisive splash, so his back was probably feeling a bit iffy anyway. But like at least Bobby Lashley taking it, like you can't see what's happening and you're just like, oh, this is going to suck, this is going to suck, and then you land. Like Goldberg saw that, that table coming to his face <laughs> like faster and faster. There was and a faster. face he pulled just before he rolled over to pin Bobby Lashley. Like, you remember the, the I don't remember if he's fighting, maybe Elijah Burke or something like that. There's a bit where CM Punk's in ECW and he goes, Wow, that hurt like that. <laughs> that was what Goldberg's face said to me. Like, oh, my body back. <laughs> like, that sucked. Where's who, Gage, where was Gage in all Where this? was Gage? Gage wasn't anywhere. But who, what bit of Bobby's fall do you think hurt the worst? Landing on the table or Goldberg God, then landing on top of him directly afterwards? It was probably a split second of like, oh, oh, that wasn't too... Oh, my <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yes, uh, surprisingly, and, you know, he walked off up the ramp saying, oh, that's what happens when you mess with my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, let's move on in terms of... Goldberg go away, and maybe Bobby Lashley needs to take some time off now. Probably, yeah, and maybe even the Hurt Business. Let's just reassess this entire situation and come back with a bit of a plan. Impactful return, wouldn't they? Of like someone is looking dominant, whether it be Big E or whether it be the Tag Champs or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they get jumped by the Hurt Business. They're back. MVP's back. MVP could so easily explain that away as well. Like 
we reassessed our circumstances. Like it wasn't going well for us. So we've gone, taken some time off. We've retrained. We're back. We're better than ever. We're going to run through you again. Perfect time to build to literally any match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, let's move on and talk about King of the Ring. Finn Balor versus Xavier Woods and Phil Chambers. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but sometimes dreams can come true in WWE. So nice when they actually just give us the simple things that we want, isn't it? Yes. Who knew that they could actually do this? Xavier Woods is now your King of the Ring, and he was so happy about it. That's the best part. Like when he was sitting down and putting the crown on, he just looked like he was having the best time. Still can't put a cape on. Neither, <laughs> can. neither of them can put a just cape on. Just fasten it around your neck, guys. But it's not his, difficult. He had his little scepter, and he was waving it about, saying he's got all the power now. I want a proclamation on <laughs> what are they on now? Smackdown. Smackdown. So tomorrow. Oh, yes. If they can get back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, very happy for him. Uh, a sort of different kind of match, this, because they've had, obviously, quite a lot of definitive babyface heel dynamics throughout this show, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. So it's the kind of babyface versus babyface thing, and they played into that more in the sort of match itself as well. Like, it was much more sort of wrestling heavy. shake at the beginning yeah. and all that. Much more sort of just back and forth reversal kind of wrestling match that we've not seen for the rest of this card. So at least they made it stand out like that. Um, but I mean, it's Finn Balor. He's always going to have a good match, right? <laughs> no matter what's going to happen. I don't think a lot of people came off this when Xavier won. So so Xavier goes for the elbow drop. Finn gets his knees up or does something. Yeah. 
goes for the coup de gras after the old sling blade drop kick thing. Xavier Xavier moves out of the way, takes him down, hits that rope walk elbow drop thing that he does. Brilliant, can jump halfway across a bloody ring doing that. One, two, three. A lot of people said, oh, Finn Balor's been buried now. I was like, he just needs to turn heel. Just yeah. needs to turn heel. And Xavier, a simple fix. like five years he's been waiting for this, hasn't he? Yeah. But at, the, at the minimum. And yeah, like it's, it's a throwaway gimmick. They did some vaguely interesting stuff with King Corbin, I suppose. For a bit. The road to him winning the, the ground. <laughs> yeah, the road to him winning the crown was far more interesting with yeah. the stuff with Shorty G. And they had a great final, to be fair. This is not in comparison to that. But, yeah, just do some bollocks with it. Like, I told the missus, as I was just setting up this, I said, oh, yeah, Xavier won. She said, oh, that's nice. Like, all the yeah. members of the New Day have had something nice now. Yeah. They're varied. You know, yeah. Kofi gets Kofi Mania at WrestleMania. Big E's world champion, and will he retain it? Well, we'll talk about that next. Yeah. But Xavier, as much as I love him, and I would like to see how they did it. He ain't going to be world champion. So this yeah. is, this, you know, it's, it's something nice for them to actually give him for all his years of bloody service. Yeah. And I think as well, like Xavier Woods is the kind of guy that can do something different with this. Exactly. From what we've seen, it's always just the heel and he's a king and it all Absolutely. gets a little bit blah, blah, carried blah. away. And then it runs on too long. And then WWE gets stuck in the king thing. And they're like, oh, no, that's just his gimmick now. It's like, no, he was something before the king thing. <laughs> he just added this on top. But I think Xavier Woods can go a little bit different with it, bring a bit more comedy, a bit more entertainment to it. Kofi Kingston will play off it really well. I just think, yeah, I think he'll add something a little bit different to this. And he's. It's like a baby face version of King Ibukat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this was a good good, uh, good call. Sorry, Finn. Like, you, turn heel. It's turn heel. You had your thing. You had your big match. You fell off the ropes. And now you've had this. It's not been the best times for you. But it is a really easy fix. Just let him be the absolute dick that he was in New <laughs> Japan. Like, let him be that Prince Devitt character in WWE. It's something that we haven't seen on, like, the main roster right. on that level. And I think it would be much more interesting and completely re- refresh his character. Yeah, and give him a reason to go on a winning streak and like be built back up to the top. It'd be it should be really easy. That the ass kicker that <laughs> had he had to reinvent reinvent himself in NXT to be just yeah. bring that to main roster, but be in more of an arsehole, basically. Yeah. Uh, right, let's talk about the WWE Championship match. It was Drew McIntyre versus Big. <laughs> and again, another sort of face versus face dynamic here. And I thought brilliantly done again. Yeah, really good stuff. Very different to the last match where they wrestled quite a lot. And this match, they just threw each other quite <laughs> a lot. Like, I don't think I've seen as many belly-to-belly suplexes in a match ever as this one. And they were doing it all over the place on the inside of the ring, outside of the ring, absolutely all over the place. Uh, it was just, like said on Warren Down, big beefy guys doing big beefy things. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. And uh, the finish, I thought, was like you say, you mentioned it earlier about them sort of mirroring each other's moves. I thought the finish was was really good as well. Uh, we had earlier on in the match, Big E nailing the big ending, seemingly out of nowhere. Drew McIntyre kicks out of it. And then Big E, as he's going for that mad dive through ropes, so it looks like he's going to kill himself. Uh, Drew McIntyre dives back in, hits him with a claymore, gets a near fall off that. And then the finish, <sighs> we're into the, God, how do they do that? They're so bloody strong segment of this review because we're going to talk about Bianca Belair in a sec. But he just goes, picks Drew McIntyre up. <laughs> He's a big man. Drew McIntyre picks him up and he sort of goes, oh, that's more of a tombstone position. I need you more up for a beginning. Whoop, you go. Like, Manhandled handled him like he was 
There's nothing, just picking like, up. It's like the strongman version of, you know, when, oh, I don't want to bring AEW into this, but you know when Punk caught, I think it was Seidel going for a crucifix and went, oh, you're in the wrong position there. Yeah. Up you go. Yeah. Except that's my set of outside out, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, was Drew McIntyre, and he just picks him up. <laughs> Big ANZ, one, two, three. Drew McIntyre loses nothing by losing this match. He goes yeah. over to SmackDown and he can just go on a bit of a tear there. And Big E is established as WWE champion. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, great finish. Big E at the end of it as well is like screaming, like, not seen nothing yet. Like, this is just the start. Uh, so I really hope they have a good run for him, like at yeah. least till WrestleMania or something like that, like a good solid run. And like we say, like Drew's been on a bit of a downward spiral, not a huge amount on Raw, um, but like from the heights that he once was. So now he's moved over to SmackDown. I think that's new people, new feuds. I think that's going to reinvigorate his character as well. Eventually we'll get the Drew versus Roman Reigns match at some point, which will be really good. So I think, yeah, this is just finish this off, move Drew over and let's reassess and like reset everyone. Uh, speaking of matches that were far better than the builds towards them, yep, 100%. triple threat for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Every Women's Championship match this year. <laughs> Bianca Belair, <laughs> Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch. Um, getting hyperbolic on this podcast, but <laughs> the best women's match in Saudi Arabia ever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think that's a question. No. It was really, really it was good. A statement. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely really I mean, good. You, you, you'd have to try hard to uh, have a bad match with Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch, but they've, yes. they've managed to execute a terrible build, so, you know, that's not faith in them. <laughs> uh, and yet, this was just great, and, and a real breath of fresh air when it comes to WWE triple threats as well. Yeah, this completely threw out the usual triple threat sort of, like... I mean, it's a singles match of, with people changing. Yeah, just two people chuck one person out, they <laughs> wrestle for a bit, that person comes back in, they chuck another person out, and they wrestle for a bit. That's generally how these things go. And it completely just threw that out and was like, no, nah, we're not doing that. We're going to do something different. And from the very get-go, like they, it was all more about people countering each other's moves into different things, people using other people to get into other moves on the other people. Um, like there was a bit where Sasha like, um, looked like she was going to do the sort of double knees in the corner off Becky, but like jumped off Becky and kicked Bianca Belair. <laughs> and there was amazing bits with Becky, with Bianca Belair, sorry, using her feet of strength. Like she was lifting Sasha Banks up above her head like a press slam, but then she just let go of one of her arms and <laughs> held her up there with Move. one hand. And Same. then not only that, but then threw her up and yeah. off with one hand at the end of it as well. And another bit where she had Becky up in a suplex position and Sasha was like grabbing her legs, trying to pull her down. And she just like stomped on Sasha while she still had Becky Lynch up in the suplex position. And then Becky almost fell down. But like before she went forwards and touched the floor, way before she touched the floor, Bianca was like, nah, I'm not having this. I'm not losing this moment. <laughs> and lifted her back up and hoied her back up into the air. Really good stuff there. There was a great bit with Sasha and... Um, and Bianca Belair, and they both like had Sasha back, they had Becky Lynch in their hands, yes. and Becky was like, "Oh, you're my friend, right? Let's beat this other one." Remember, no, oh, you're my friend. <laughs> you like you like me, right? And then they both just like chucked her into the corner. It's like loads of little bits like that where they were using all three people in it in a really interesting way, and the counters that they came up with from it, it felt really fresh. Yeah, nice stuff towards the end as well on the outside with uh, Sasha and and uh, and Bianca, and then Becky getting involved. Becky getting them both in a disarm. I think they tapped or one. No, one point. I think Bianca was in both a bank statement and a disarmor and yeah. tapped. And the ref was like, I don't know what we should do with that <laughs> because uh, that's no one winning the title. And then, uh, yeah, the finish sees uh, Bianca Belair has the match won. She hits the champ. She hits Becky Lynch with the KOD, goes to the pin, but Sasha tries to steal the pin off her. They brawl, they fight on the outside. They're both trying to get back in. In the end, 
Bianca Belair gets knocked down. Sasha slides in. She's about to pick the bones of what's left, but Bianca, uh, Becky Lynch rolls her up, realizes where she is, grabs the ropes to help her with the pinfall. One, two, three. Shenanigans, but I'll allow it because it's a heel. Yeah, 100%. And, it's, and like you say, it hasn't been done throughout this goddamn card. Yeah, every other match so far have been a clean finish, and this one was the first bit of shenanigans, but also, like... It wasn't a distraction finish. It wasn't a DQ. It wasn't. It was like it was actually Becky Lynch using her character to inform the finish. It's like they watched what that. happened on that SmackDown match and went, "Oh, hang on, someone can lose but still not lose anything <laughs> because of other things going on," and then they just yeah. did it again. Like I do, I'd run this back, just not any of the stuff they've done on TV. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see how that one plays out. And now they've yeah. got the SmackDown Women's Champion on Raw and the Raw Women's Champion on SmackDown. Uh, they might face each other, which would be fun, although it's going to be a weird dynamic with Becky and, and, and Charlotte. I'm really worried about a belt swap. Yeah, I hate they're going to do something. And people are like, oh, what's the problem with them? They devalue the belts? Yep. And then, especially right now, because you do a belt swap, and then, oh, you have this blue belt. I'll take your red belt. Now I'm going to fight for this brand that I have only just joined, but I'm really passionate for, and I'm going to be raw, and I'm going to beat you in SmackDown. And, and like, is this a new title <laughs> reign for Charlotte? Is this another? Yeah. Who no, cares? Uh, right, let's move <laughs> to the main event. It was Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And we still don't really have an answer to the question as to whose side Paul Heyman is on, but I have an answer to is this WrestleMania main event worthy? And that's a definitive <laughs> yes. They This felt big time, didn't it, when those two got in the ring together? Yeah, absolutely. The initial stare down uh, with just this new Brock character. It's like, this and the Paul Heyman stuff has like breathed so much fresh air into this as a feud. Yeah. And it, it's worlds away from where it was the last time they we saw this. They had a tug of war with the belt, and I didn't <laughs> hate my life. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, the match itself was, it was Brock Lesnar matches, exactly Bond. what you think. Roman Reigns got quite a lot of offense in, really, when you think about what Brock Lesnar matches usually are. It was pretty much 50-50, I'd say, mm-hmm. throughout those kickouts of both finishers. Um, but the whole Paul Heyman stuff, they keep, kept it ambigu- ambiguous. Like, mm. you don't quite know. The only sort of real, like, Paul Heyman was really stern-faced at the ringside throughout <laughs> the entire match. And the only time he really came into play was towards the end when uh, Brock Lesnar f 5 Roman Reigns into referee Charles Robinson. Jesus, what a bum that was. <laughs> like Roman Reigns' leg just smacked him across the face and down he went. Uh, and obviously it was ref, it was down, and both the guys were down. And Paul Heyman was like, oh my God, what do I do? I've got the belt in my hand. I'm going to give it to someone. Who am I going to give it to? But there was a bit of a gap between the two of them. So he just chucked it into the ring. So it landed directly half and half between the two of them. genius. Brock Lesnar started... I can't wait to see how this is followed up on SmackDown. Brock Lesnar started giggling his head off. Uh, He was loving it. And then that's when they had the little tug of war thing. Um, But Brock sort of managed to get the belt off him. But then, because it had taken so long, out comes the Usos. He turns around into a double super click. Uh, Roman Reigns gets the belt, twats him across the head, uh, and gets the pin. One, two, three, when another referee eventually comes in. So, yeah, screwy finish. But, like we say, it's this sa- one... No, this I know one I shouldn't say, oh, it's Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but it's Saudi Arabia. You ain't getting a definitive finish on Roman Brock in yeah. Saudi Arabia at 2 p.m. In, in America or whatever it is. Yeah, and there's so much more they can get out of this story. Like, the Paul Heyman dynamic is really, really good. Like, it's engaging TV with these two going at it. And so there's way more that you can do, whether it's, do they redo it straight away at Survivor Series or whatever? It might be a weird time, or whether they wait for the Rumble or wait for WrestleMania and I redo it Brock back clearing then. everyone out in the Rumble and Roman being like, oh, bollocks. Yeah. Like, they do the, the, the shenanigans of, like, 
well, you had your shot and you lost, so yeah. back of the line you go. And we've still got to find out what the Heyman thing is about and whether Roman Reigns is going to settle for whatever story Heyman brings to him on SmackDown. So there's a lot more they can do with this, so you kind of expect this one to have a bit of a screwy finish, which isn't the best excuse for it in the world. But at the same time, you know they're going to run this again down the line. It is Saudi Arabia. You're not going to get a huge title change or something with this there. No. And the rest of the card was so clean that you kind of give it a, cle- a break because when it actually comes to a point where you're like, oh, okay, this kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. You probably could have done it without it, but, you know, you know, it's fine. Because the rest of the card was so clean, it frees you up to actually do that. You're not doing three of these on one show. And I realize we've had title changes in Saudi Arabia, so it's not, yeah. you know, complete rarity. But this felt a lot more a part of WWE canon than the other ones. The other ones felt a lot more like spectacles, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think most of the problems with the other ones was that they just interrupted normal storylines rather than actually being built into the storylines, whereas this one has, like, been firmly built in with the storylines on Warren SmackDown. And a lot of them, like you say, a couple of them can roll on. Like we said, it's going to be complicated. They probably won't roll on necessarily the exact same way with the SmackDown Women's Championship, for example. But the Universal Championship can. That's fine. Biggie, definitive, one. Drew McIntyre's on the other brand. That's fine. This was the definitive end of Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. This was the definitive end of Edge and Seth Rollins. This was the definitive end of the tag titles and the feud between RK Bro. Oh, it should be. Should between be. RK Bro <laughs> and, and, and Styles and Omos. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Putting aside, like we often say, all the issues that come with WWE putting a show on in Saudi Arabia. And look at this, Phil Chambers. We finished, and it's not even half ten here in the UK in the evening. Best thing about it. More of these sorts of (laughs) pay-per-views. Not these sorts of pay-per-views. And by that, I mean a show that starts at 4 p.m. here in the UK. (laughs) Yeah. Big fans. Big fans. Apologies. Of the time. Apologies. Of the time. Yeah. Apologies (laughs) to viewers who maybe had to sneak away and work in America (laughs) or... I mean, God knows what time it was in other countries. I think Australia, Australia was like our time. When, yeah. when we're Welcome to our bloody teams, world, so yeah. guys. Uh, but yes, there we have it. Crown Jewel 2021 in the books. And yeah, uh, overall, like I said, better than expected. So yeah. we'll take that. And now it's the longest time till the next Saudi show. So hopefully we can get back <laughs> to it. relative WWE normality. But I'd love to know your thoughts because it seemed very divisive on our chat uh, on the live stream. Let us know I'm on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Phil Chambers at... Phil My Chambers, and you can follow Adam at... Adam Wilborn. You can follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Um, we are going to be having a stacked few days of podcasts coming your way very soon. We've got the SmackDown preview. We've got the Rampage preview. Saturday, we've got the Dynamite preview and all the ups and downs as a result of those shows with Simon Miller, of course. But for now, this has been the Crown Jewel Review. My thanks to Phil Chambers. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.